plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And uh, we are not a Magic the Gathering podcast. We are Cantrip Cartel, and we are here to talk whatever the fuck we feel like talking about. Yep. So, Matt, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, my birthday was over the weekend. Happy birthday. So, and I, um, at our, um, where we work, we get our birthday off. Yep. Uh, it's basically just an extra PTO day that you get to use. Um, since mine fell on a weekend, I got the day. You, if it falls on a Saturday, you get the Friday off. If it falls yeah. on a Sunday, you get this, uh, the Monday off. And then I took the other day off to give myself a nice four day weekend. Right. Yep. So <clears throat> I haven't worked for a few days. This we're recording this on Monday. Um, so my mood is dramatically improved. It helps. Helps a lot. A couple days Having off. Just from, a little bit of a break. A couple days off from work helps a lot. Um, so what do we do Friday? Friday. So keep in mind, we didn't record last week. Yeah, um, it's been. I, I can say that is my fault primarily. Um, well, fault is a harsh word, but yeah, my my wife's birthday was on Monday, so the day was for her. We went out and got dinner, and we we I know we did something else, but we spent the whole day together. Um, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday were atrociously bad days at work. Um, Thursday and Friday weren't as atrociously bad; they were just like mediocre bad. Tuesday and Wednesday were some of the worst days I've had at this company. Yeah. Not even necessarily because of the company, just, just because of what happened. And so takes out there breaking shit. Um, we were, <laughs> I was actually planning on skipping next week cause we, we hadn't had a break in a little while, but like that just became last week. So we took a week off. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's the universe and my fault. So sorry about that. Um, anywho. So like I haven't over the weekend, I didn't really go out and do anything like <laughs> I tried, Cause I, uh, what the fuck? I was like, okay, so we'll, I'll get into this a little bit. So, um, as far as games go, one mm-hmm. of the games I was talking to Jake before, right before we started. Um, and he just decided to turn on the thing because duh, that's what we do. Yeah. We, I, I got Matt, like three or four video games over the weekend. Matt has, Matt made a great point that you guys don't notice. We record this podcast like one and a half times every week. Cause we sit and fucking talk to yeah, each he other. Shows up, say he gets here at four. We don't hit the record button until like five 30. We just, we just sit around and other. talk and it's just. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's not a intentional rehearsal, but some of the stuff like it does help us get a little bit of idea what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um. And then normally we're like, okay, we need to actually fucking hit the record button. Yep. Um. But anywho, so one of the games I've I've owned this game for a while. I fucked around with it right when it came out because it's right up my alley. Uh-huh. And you've heard of it, I'm sure. The game's card called Don't Starve. Yes. Yeah, it's got I, the I, Tim Burton esque fucking thing. I own it if you want to play it together. Yeah, and that's a, we may at some point. It's it's basically my next project. Uh huh. So the way I kind of approach things is like there's there's games I know. So like for example, when the Resident when Resident Evil Four remake came out, I don't need to like like I played it and I've uh, over the past since it's come out I beat it like three times. Um, but like it's a remake of a game. Yeah, they've changed some stuff. I don't need to like sit down and put forth effort to like relearn this game. And in the grand scheme of things, there's not a shit ton of content. Like I'm not going to play Resident Evil four for like 200 hours. Yeah. Um, which I'll only jump in is a surprisingly big deciding factor as I've gotten older of getting into games is like, do I want to take the time to learn a whole new game structure? Right. We talked a few weeks ago about how like, JRPGs, there's a way you're supposed to play them. One of the reasons I probably never will play a lot of JRPGs is I just don't want to take the time to learn 
how to play a JRPG, that's a very large task. Yeah. If you've if you've and, essentially never yeah, played one. If you've them. never played one. Yeah. Meanwhile, I can hop into any of them and I just know what I'm doing. Yep. Um, which to be fair, they're not terribly they're usually not terribly difficult. There are some that will kick your fucking ass. Yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics is notorious. There's a spot in there that the game is plenty difficult. Uh-huh. There's a spot in there where like so many people you, you go on the subreddits or any forum that talks about Final Fantasies and there, there's this boss fight that uh, it's a series of boss fights uh-huh. and the way the game is designed is it allows you to save after each one and you get hard locked and people get hard locked yep. um, it's happened multiple times there's people playing Resident Evil like it, it's still talking about like the, 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 again, the subreddit is just like every 10th post is somebody who's fucking hard or soft locked on one of the Resident Evil games yep. because they're not they're not incredibly difficult, but they require planning uh-huh. and, again, resource management, which is one of the <clears throat> fundamentally, like, if we we're going to compare the two franchises because we talk about them a lot. Yeah. Like, shave off a little bit of the, it, it set the gameplay aside. But mm-hmm. as, if we're talking about from a game design perspective, shave off a little bit of the difficulty and the Twitch skills and then trade that for, like, hard resource management. And that's, like, the difference between the Souls series and, like, the Resident Evil. Like, aside from the game, like, what you're actually doing, uh-huh. but from, like, a top-down perspective, you're looking at, like, okay, what am I doing in this game? Like, with the Soul Series, you're talking about, like, boss fights, and, like, most of it is, like, I'm most of it is going through the boss, is the boss fights. The yep. levels aren't terribly difficult. Um, You do need to know how to play the game, so, like, your first fucking zombie is gonna kill, or first enemy is gonna kill you multiple times. Yep. Just to teach you how to play the game. But once you get that done... Unless you're you get jumped or you get like the kind of scripted areas where you need to fight like several at a time that are harder, intentionally harder random enemies. The Souls games are like 80% boss fights as far as the difficulty goes. Yeah, there's plenty of like level exploration, but like that's where it goes. And those boss fights, for the most part, are about dodging and like being able to react quickly and Uh plan and stuff like that. Whereas the Resident Evils, the way you get stuck on a boss fight is like there's a little bit of that, but because they typically have they're typically slower moving kind of games. Many of them have tank controls. <clears throat> um, you get a lot of resource management. Yeah. So like people just, you know, they don't know what they're doing and they run into a Resident Evil and they just start killing every zombie. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You're fucked. Like, you're going to run into your first boss and be like, cool, I have 12 handgun bullets because I use all my shotgun shells because, like, three zombies jumped me and I got fucking startled or scared or whatever, didn't want to deal with them. Yeah. So. And then you're fucked. I like that aspect of it. That's one of the reasons why I like playing them is I enjoy resource management stuff. It's the same thing in board games. It's the same thing in other video games, JRPGs, like any of that shit. Mm -hmm. So I play, like, like Stardew Valley is a resource management game. It's an easy one, but it is. Um, stuff like Valheim, like all that Minecraft, all they're all resource management games. Obviously, Minecraft is like slightly different because like a you can turn off the resources and b they're effectively infinite. But like especially when you it's first, like a, it's it's but like the game is definitely based around resource. Like that's the right. the focus of the game is what resources I have, what do I need, and how it's do definitely I? changed since it first came out. Yeah. So like, you know, back back in my day, uh-huh. no, but like older Minecraft was. A li- it was actually not difficult, but a little more difficult to like keep yourself alive. Yeah, because you just didn't have all the shit that the game has. Now yep. the game is just like the mega Lego set yep. tub where you just have every block like, and everything. We talked on. about like once you get like if you're rolling around with diamond armor, like nothing just kills you anymore. Right, like, you just you, you you have to fall in lava. 
and not have a bucket of water with you. And not have even better diamond armor, which protects you from burning. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anywho, I really enjoy resource management games. I also like survival stuff and post-apocalyptic shit. Um, So, like, Don't Starve is right up my alley. Um, I played it when it first came out, and it didn't really, like, hook me. Um, The only thing I don't like about it is it's got... I don't even know if you'd call it a rogue light, but it's got elements of that Mm -hmm. where, like, as opposed to something like with Stardew Valley or, uh, like, Valheim and whatnot, you're not supposed to die in those games. You're supposed to die and don't starve. Mm-hmm. But the whole the whole the, point is not, but, but it's the, to see how long you can make it. The game, I believe, literally doesn't end. Yeah, and like, like that, the game ends when you die, right. and that, that's so like that. The point is to die eventually. The point is to get to a point where you fail and die. And like the way the game teaches you this is, it's uh, brutally unforgiving. Uh huh. And uh, a lot of people die within the first couple within their first couple days. Yep. Um, there's a lot of stuff. The game doesn't teach you anything. And that's one of the things I don't really, I go back and forth on this. Like I hate over intrusive tutorials, but I hate when a game teaches you nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I agree. I want a little, there, there is a middle ground here and yeah. a lot of games fucking hit it. And a lot of games just like, Oh, well we're, we've decided to make this game hard. And the way, one of the ways we're going to do that is just by not telling you how to play it. Yep. Yeah. So it's just like, Okay, I guess I'll just die because yeah. I was never told like, what to do. Again, like my primary issue with like Tarkov for a new player is like you you have no idea how to play. You have no idea how to leave. Like that's the number one problem is like you go to play Tarkov, you you jump into interchange and it if you the buttons oh if you click oh tw- or uh, if you hit oh twice they'll tell you your X fills your X fills Emercom and Railway. Right. Good luck. Yep. What are those? What do those look like? Where are they? Like that is such bad game design that as a new player, you literally cannot play the game yeah. without a ton of Googling and like watching mm-hmm. videos. And so like I was um, to, I was talking with some friends I met, made this weekend and we were talking about it because what we were doing draws a lot of similarities to Tarkov. And I was talking to them about it and they're like, yeah, I've seen some videos on it. It looks like I have a cool game. And my first response is don't play it. Right. You, you shouldn't, you shouldn't play that game unless you're like, we're friends and I can take you in and show you like, do not download the game and play it. Right. Because you it's it you it's friends required. Yeah. The a little bit of that with me would have been like if I started playing it, I would have I immediately like yeah. same thing with our, don't starve. I just start looking stuff up. Because yeah. I'm just like, if you're not gonna teach me within the game, I'm not gonna just sit here. I have better things to do yeah. than to sit here and beat my head against this wall mm-hmm. and try to, you know, figure this out, even though a lot of it's not intuitive at all. Mm-hmm. So like, um, one of the weird things with Don't Starve, and this was a this was one of those things I didn't look up, but I just happened to do, like, uh, when it becomes night, you take damage if you don't have a light source. Yeah, like, is it damage or sanity damage? I thought it was like well, sanity damage. You, sanity. So there's two things going on. At night, basically from dusk till dawn, you take sanity damage. Uh-huh. Unless you sleep. Okay. If you don't have a light source, there is a, I don't know what it is because I don't know all the lore behind Don't Starve. There's an enemy called Charlie and she's in the darkness uh-huh. and she hits you oh. over and over and over and you over. You literally also you just get hurt. literally will, it will literally kill you. Okay. I haven't died to that because I knew, at least in this fresh go around, I didn't die to that because I knew what was going on. Yeah. But one of the things that kind of threw me off and this actually really pissed me off is like, 
So I've got my campfire made and it's nighttime and I'm just chilling because like um, I was like learning recipes and shit. Uh-huh. You're really supposed to play at night and the game doesn't tell you that, but just you're just supposed to. Oh, yeah. Is it is there like more stuff available at night or? Mm-hmm. Yes and no. But the big thing is, is like you don't have a lot of time. So if you give up the nighttime hours and you're not out there exploring and res- gathering resources and shit, you're just wasting time mm-hmm. and you don't have enough time to do that unless you really know what you're doing. Oh, okay. and if you really know what you're doing, then you should also be out there because you did, did you know? Yeah. Cause you know what you're doing. Um, so I'm sitting there by the campfire with my, uh, like on my science machine thing, figuring out resources and looking at shit. And like, I start to hear this like wind up, uh, like a musical box. Uh huh. And there's these shadow hands that fucking like creep towards my fire. I'm like, fuck, what the hell is this? Yeah, they just turn your fire off. They they take a log out. Well, how do you stop that from happening? By doing the most unintuitive thing ever in a video game. Going yeah, and hitting them. Yeah, just by walking on them. Oh, by by, by walking up to them and touching the bad guy, touching. which is the complete opposite yeah. thing you do in any video game. Yeah, nope. That's that makes that, that is not something that I would try ever. And it just happened. I just I fucking I was wandering around and I just touched him and he backed off. Yep. And so and this is the other thing that I don't like about it is like. So here's what your thing is at nighttime. If you're doing, if that happens, which it's pretty frequent, mm-hmm. they don't stop until the daytime. So you literally just spend your night going around, just hitting these hands, like circling gotcha. your fire. Is it an every night thing or it's, they just it's, random nights they pick and I don't know the exact percentage. It seemed like one out of three ballpark. Uh-huh. Now, again, mm-hmm. once you know what you're doing, you're not supposed to sit, spend your night sitting there um, and just like sitting by the campfire. Right? Yeah. But here's what, got me later on as I was getting low on sanity. And so I needed to sleep for a night. Yeah. So I put down my bedroll and I start to sleep and then they show up. And as soon as you wake up from your bedroll, it's destroyed in a resource game. So you destroyed your fire. Well, I destroyed my bedroll. I still had my campfire. Yeah. So basically I had a, uh, you make a, which is again, it's kind of stupid, but it's supposed to be a hard game. So whatever you make a, basically like a grass mat. Yeah. Unroll it and sleep on it for the night. One time use. Yep. You don't get to get back in it just because it's, it's still not a one night use. Yeah. It's a one time. You touch it once. And if and- you move. <laughs> so it was like, I put out my bedroll to sleep and the game decides, nope, you can either die tonight uh-huh. or lose this bedroll. Yeah. Cool. So I, so that kind of stuff, like the game is very popular. Yep. It's got good bones, so to speak. So oh, like, and I fully, it's inti- old too. It's yeah, been out it's, forever. There's a fucking shit ton of content. And technically speaking, I'd be playing don't starve together. Cause that's the, yeah, that's the, the co-op version Co-op version of it. Do we have to buy another one. Do I have to buy? Do you have don't starve together? I don't know. I think I do. I, I, I if think you have don't start together. We're good. If you don't, I think you had to buy don't starve together in order to play with other people. I think Sarah and I wanted to play it. Or, so, or I think I it might have been her or someone else. I think I wanted to play. Well, isn't Don't Starve Together also Don't Starve? Yeah, it's the exact same game. It just had they that, had to like rebuild it or do something to it. I don't know the details in that order to has have co op in it. Yes, in order to be able to play co op because it was originally released as Don't Starve as a single player game. Yeah, people wanted co op, but they had to. They couldn't just add co op to the original game. Yep, they put a lot of work into it, so they charge people. But the game's not terribly expensive. Anyways. So. I will tell you the reason why I don't usually play those games. Mm-hmm. Well, I do love them. Actually, I love those games because those games are really fun because they're very challenging. It's very rewarding to like have a have a large thing built and have it going. 
But like one of the reasons I don't like playing them as much is there's a lot, especially in the beginning when you're still learning the mechanics, there's so much time investment before the game even gets started. So like you can kind of compare it to um, like Satisfactory where like when we start a new mm-hmm. world Satisfactory, like there's so much time to be invested before we start getting to the real part or the hard part or the fun part. And Satisfactory, you die, you're fine. Games like that where something bullshit happens or a new mechanic gets introduced or I didn't understand a mechanic because there's a lot of times where you're like, you don't understand a mechanic in the beginning. Oh, I've got one. And it perfect fucks example you over you. 10 hours later. And you're like, I never would have known that. And like you can you it just wastes so much time. Yep. That's that's in general. That's why I don't play roguelike or roguelite uh-huh. games is like I don't mind starting over, but like I want to. Like I'll, you know, I've played against Stardew Valley is kind of my go-to. I've got probably like 800 hours in Stardew Valley. Yeah. Fucking love Stardew Valley. Yep. I've probably played like five or 10 farms, something like that. Like I, you know, I get to the point where like I've done everything and the only thing that I don't have, the only thing I have left to do is like a massive grind that I've already done before. Uh Uh-huh. And then after that, I usually kind of bail on it. Yep. And then, you know, six months or a year later, I'll play it again. So what happened with me with Don't Starve in my first world is uh, you can dig up plants. So like you can harvest berry bushes and stuff like that yep. and grass. That's those are your kind of like bread and butter. You want sticks, uh, sticks or twigs, um, grass, berries and carrots. Uh-huh. Those are kind of and like flint and rock. Those are like your six or seven most basic materials that you need. It's the foundation for the game. You can dig them up and replant them like the... Um, the berry bushes and the the grass spots. The game doesn't tell you that if you do that, they don't grow until you fertilize them. Oh, so you just ruined all your food and grass? Yep. How do you fertilize them? Uh, you can find fertilizer from uh, there's beefalo, buffalo. Yep. Um, I never found one. I never found any beefalo, and I was like twenties. I like explored a pretty fucking big part of my map, and never found any. Never stumbled across one. I found occasional pieces of poop. Yeah, like literally just poop, and then there's bats that drop guano, but I don't know if you had to process it. It wouldn't let me just put it on the plants. Yeah, so I fertilized like by the end of it. I think I was like probably two thirds of the way through my first winter. Uh huh. I had two berry bushes fertilized. Yep. I had just basically accidentally. If if you had just left them, right, it'd been fine. You just have a bit of a walk. Yeah, and I just basically just destroyed all that shit. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Where like. And there's no way to know. There's no way. Like, the game doesn't go, hey, if you dig these up, you're going to have to fertilize them later. Yeah. It just goes, no, you can totally dig these uh-huh. up and then fuck yourself. And, like, surely I can just dig them up and move them. It lets me. And yep, that should be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I hate games like that where the, the the premise of the game is you have a very large input of time. Because that's why it's fun. Like, you get to look at a thing you've built and go, wow, I've been building this for 15 hours of gameplay. And, like, look how like we've gotten there. We did it. And you can have all of that ruined by stupid shit. That because I haven't played a hundred hours, um, or more. I, yeah. I hate that mechanic in games. The other mechanic I really hate in uh, in gaming, which is kind of tangential to this, but it's different. I I, I re-downloaded a, a a launcher that had the old Bloons Tower Defense games on them. You ever mm-hmm. played Bloons Tower Defense? I've played other Tower Defense it's games. A Tower Defense game, yeah. yeah. And I love that game. I played the I played the shit out of it. And I forgot you have to level up your towers. Which I hate. I hate the premise of like you can't play the game until you've played the game enough that your towers are all leveled up. Because mm-hmm. once they're all, once the account has them all leveled up, then you can upgrade them as much as you want. 
But like when you start, you're like, you can't, first of all, you can't even buy all the towers you want to buy. And when you do buy a tower, you can only upgrade it like once and then, oh, it's locked. You have to get, it has to pop so many balloons before it gains the ability to level yep, up you again. You have to keep playing with these. It, well, it's a, it's similar to like in Call of Duty where you had to unlock guns. Yes. Where it's just like, I have to use the shit guns against people using not shit yeah. guns. And it's just like, okay, I guess. I hate that. I hate that mechanic of like, I have to, I have to play the game a shit ton before I'm allowed to play the game the way I want to play it. Yeah. Like, again, like Tarkov did that. Tarkov's a great example where like the game is so much better with the flea market and you have to play the game a lot without the flea market, which is so dumb to me. Apex doing the same fucking thing. We want to play ranked. You have to be level 50 to play ranked. I have, I'm going to have probably 75 hours on this account before we get to level 50. Why? Why can't I just play ranked? Why can't I play the game I want to play without putting 80 hours into your game? Mm -hmm. Well, they, so there's, there's a couple different things. So one, obviously they want dopamine hits because they want to make the ranks mean something so that it gives you a dopamine hit when you get one. Uh huh. And two, especially with that rank stuff, I can at least get some of it because the point of ranked is to not like a, they want a minimum level of skill. Yeah, I get that. And B, they don't want people. Um, I don't know what it's called in Apex, Briefing, probably. But like, yeah, where you have like or pros, smur- it's smurfing, smurfing, where you create a, an alt account yeah. and you just. I get and that, that. Prevents that to some degree. Oh, it definitely would. Like as, we, as I was talking to one of the guys about it, but it also well, it fucks over. It fucks over. This is one of the things. Let me get through this real quick. It fucks over the casual to medium player uh-huh. at the ex- to, in order to protect. The upper tier players from other upper tier players, yeah. you're going to fuck over the casual to medium tier players. And it's the same mindset as like a lot of like the really bad anti-cheat software where mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, well, the people who are going to steal this game or the anti like not anti-cheat, the anti-theft software stuff uh-huh. like, well, the people who are going to steal this game, <clears throat> they're, this isn't going to stop them. Nope. It just makes people who bought it off Steam inconvenienced. Yeah. Like they're still within a day, your game is going to be cracked and people are going to be playing it. Yep. And those people are going to do that regardless of what you throw in front of them. Yeah. It's, and this is the same kind of, it's the same mentality. No, yeah, a hundred percent. I just like, I, I'm not upset that there's a skill requirement. Like I could see it being level like 10 or 15. Cause you, like, we, when we play, if we play a couple matches and we do decent, I usually level up once or twice a night. Mm-hmm. So like, level 15 level like you have to put five ten hours in before you're going to be able to do ranked level 50 is so fucking ridiculous just the idea that i have to play the game so much and it's like you only have to do it once well like i was level 80 or 100 or whatever and well, i lost my account see- oh. so I, I have to do it again do they uh no they don't reset your they account. don't reset your account with the seasons tarkov yeah like tarkov does like when tarkov does a hard wipe which is a part of the game that's like you sign yeah. up for that We'll be back to level one and I'll be back to not having the flea market when we go to do that. Yeah. And like, that's, that's fine, I guess. Yeah. I hate, I, I hate games requiring an apex in this regard and like don't starve or these types of intense, difficultly, uh, difficult, like permadeath games. They, I hate the idea that you require me to invest just so many hours before I can understand how the game is played and like, and get to play the game the way I kind of want to and don't starve. It's this, these kind of complicated or difficult mechanics that maybe don't make a ton of sense at face value and can just fucking blow a run 
that you've got mm-hmm. 10, 15 hours sunk into or Apex where like, hey, do you want to play with your friends and ranked and try and like get some progression going? Well, play the game for 80 hours first like that. There's plenty of games that I've like that I play for less than 100 hours in my life. And I'm OK. I'm done with that now. Yep. And like, that's well, it's the games as a service model. That's where a lot of that stuff comes from with like especially with the first person shooters where it's just like they expect you to you're an Apex player, I guess. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not condoning it. No, it's yeah. just, it all started for better or worse with MMOs where it was just like, you know, uh, you've got fucking like Ultima Online and fucking uh, RuneScape and then fucking EverQuest and then fucking Final Fantasy and WoW. And like, that's where that shit started. <clears throat> and that's also where a lot of these mechanics were refined, either invented or refined or both. Uh-huh. Where like the reason you have daily challenges on uh, arena is because of dailies and well, yeah, they are literally called dailies because they, because there were factions and you need to get your reputation up with those factions. Uh-huh. So they had repeatable quests every so day. You can every do day you more. can log in and do these 10 quests and yep. you get this much reputation and so, you need to be this rank of reputation in order to get this piece of gear. You that, know was how wow. Wow. that was wow. That started that. Wow. Made us wow. Made into a game every yep. day to get progression. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff. And the reason they do that is if you're logging in every day, you're far less likely to turn off your subscription. Yeah, that makes sense. And that they does want, make a lot of they sense. They want to get your 15 bucks a month. Because it's it's pretty easy to justify your I 15. I play this game every day. I Why wouldn't every, I yeah. play? I now, play it four days a week. Like, yeah, I'll just keep doing or it. A, a serious WoW player will... I mean, I was playing... It was another full-time job. Minimum. Yeah. Like <laughs> 50, 60, 70 hours a week. Easy on WoW. Yeah. And every day... Like, it was one of those things where I'm like bringing a laptop to up to like my hometown so I can log in. So you could do your shit. Do my stuff so. because like I don't want to miss this stuff because it's every day I miss I get set behind. Yep. Because I can only get this reputation that I can get 500 a day and if yeah. I miss today I can't make that up. Yep. And I, I want you. this piece of gear so I can get my dopamine. <laughs> yep. So I do have Don't Starve Together. Good. Would you like to guess the last time I played it? Uh, Six or seven years ago. 2016. Yep. So seven years ago. <laughs> I was just would trying you, to remember when it came out. Would you like to guess the uh, total time played? Less than an hour. 40 minutes. Yep. You probably I, logged in, died within your first two days, and yeah. never played it again. I uh, I could, I, I've had it too long, but I could almost return this still. Yep. <laughs> I could almost get a refund. Yeah. It's, it is a, it's fun. And it basically, it's a resource management problem solving game. There is a little bit of combat. The combat's pretty, not that it can't be difficult, but it's pretty basic. Yeah. Um, I, I can tell you exactly why I bought this game. Because I, I remember those days. This was back in the days when I was watching like Markiplier and Jacksepticeye play games. And mm-hmm. I was like, those games look like so much fun. And then I would buy them and I'd play them alone. And I'm like, wow, this game sucks dick by yourself. Yeah, it's... Well, not a, it's got all the hurdles. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming if you know how to play it, it doesn't suck dick. But yeah, yeah. when you know how to play it, and you're, and there's no one to like make fun of you or tell jokes or agree with you that this is bullshit, it just sucks. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's that's one of the things I got. Um. I've been playing the cell phone game, which I really like. Uh, we're not going to talk about a cell phone game all that much. Uh. Oh, just plug a different game. Plug something else other than our podcast. Yeah, I'll just go. Well, I mean, that's what we talked about with Magic World. We're tired of doing fucking commercials. Yeah. That's what we do. We talk about what we're just we enjoy advertising, doing. <laughs> advertising the things um, we enjoy. I picked up Darkest Dungeon because that's another game I want to try. Um, again, it's so in typical fashion, it's a game I already own that I like. I really prefer to play games on console 
And a lot of these games were originally released on PC. Something just occurred to me. Yeah. We can have LAN parties now. I have a gaming laptop. I, I have a gaming computer here. Yeah. We you can, can just throw on Don't Starve we, and just play. <laughs> I can download Steam. <laughs> we can have we can have LAN parties. Do you know you can actually like loan people games on Steam? I did not. I knew you could like give people your Steam account. Yeah, you well you can not only you can give them full access to like any of your games, but yeah, you can basically like like I could be like Hey, you're an approved person or whatever. I don't remember the logistics yeah. of it. I've done it once, once or you twice can with link my your Steam accounts. Though. Yeah, and it's like you could play every single game I have. Is that? I'm assuming that you can't play it while I'm playing. It. I think that's true. Well, we should do that. Yeah, because like, like if I like, so if I played like Liza P and you wanted to give it a shot, or I'm Dark Souls Three or whatever, you could like, yep. you just download it on Steam and you could play my copy of it. Yeah, I mean, like it's cool that Steam is doing that. It's just, that seems like just them acknowledging that. I just give you my Steam account. Like, it, you can't tell me when I can't log into my Steam. So I just give you my login. And Watsu does. What? If, oh, that's right. Yeah. If you let somebody use your Magic <laughs> yeah, Moto account, they'll fucking ban you. If I they forgot. Find out. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> Even if, though I could loan you a deck for a tournament, I can't yep. do that with Moto. <laughs> yep. I could if, give you the cards on Moto. So, but he, I can't let you use. My yeah, so if account. I came to your house and logged into my Moto on your MTGO, whatever, yep. they they might see that and go, "Oh, uh, uh-uh, uh," and yep. fucking ban me. Well, that was one of the concerns we had when we were talking about getting like streaming going with Magic. Because we were going like, we'd have a Cantrip Cartel Moto. Yeah, account, we, made, we made a. But a there's trash more account. than one of us using it and strictly speaking yep. if Watsy found out about that we, they could yeah. they could ban we, us whether we, or not we they had would, to, we know. made a I bought a burner account because it's like I think it was either 5 or 15 dollars yeah. for a, over a full account and yeah that was our burner account if we lost it it's fine who cares yeah but yeah the uh, um so I've got dark I've got I'm going to start with don't starve first like that's my next game and kind of like in the same way mm-hmm. like that I like with Valheim where it's like Okay, I'm gonna. This is my new project. Like, yep. I'm good. It's gonna fucking suck because for the next 50 hours, I'm gonna be frustrated and annoyed because uh-huh. I. And there's a fuck. The problem with Don't Starve, unlike Valheim, I'm getting. I got into Valheim at the ground floor. Uh huh. Now, there was a ton of content at the ground floor, which was one of the reasons why the game took off so well. Yeah. But like, I was playing Valheim right when it came out. Mm-hmm. And so there was a limited amount of uh, stuff for me to learn. Mm hmm. There's like 10 years of Don't Starve. There's yeah. a fucking ton of expansions. There's yeah. a shit ton of content. It's like me downloading Final Fantasy 11. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> it, it sucks without having somebody there. So, yeah, they, uh, the, so the the amount of expectation, because like, 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 it's like Minecraft. Like, but Minecraft has built on itself for the last 20 years. And to start today, you have to backtrack 20 years of building and learn it all at once. Because like, you, you play a lot of Minecraft, and then like an update comes out, and they had one thing. Update comes out, they had two things. Update comes out, they had two or three things. That's fine. And they've done that for fifteen years. Yeah, you jump in. It's like I haven't played. Like I'm at the point where I haven't played Minecraft. Like really played it in like ten years. So like to hop on, there's just I just keep finding things where I'm like, whoa, what is that? This mm-hmm. is different. How does that work? And you have to learn ten years worth of updates to the game. Yeah. So I've got that ahead of me. That's kind of my new gaming project. Uh-huh. I've got uh, I've been fucking around with Borderlands because like I got a little frustrated with Dark Don't Starve and I was like I need a break. Yep. So I started to play Borderlands three, um, which I fucking love, dude. Did you ever play Borderlands three? Uh, I played it's the, the one after two, but yeah, not directly after two. <laughs> yeah, I played the pre <laughs> the, pre-sequel. the prequel the pre sequel. I don't think I ever played Borderlands three. No, we were talking about it. It had come out. We had talked about buying it. 
I think you, that's the one Alex died like shortly after it came out because had, they well they made it an epic game launcher exclusive for a minute. I think that was pre sequel. Was it? No, because I have that on Steam. W- whatever. Well, it, it, it's not anymore. But I think pre sequel came out like six months early. It, when, when, when did Borderlands Three come out? I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure I haven't old, played it. it. Maybe I have. Ugh. When did this fucking game come out? Initial release was 2019. That was four years ago. I guess it is older than I thought. Maybe well, there's, there's also Tiny Tina's. Don't forget about that. that yeah, one, no, I don't, yeah, no, there's not. Yeah, I'm not thinking of that. Yeah, I don't think I ever played Borderlands Three. Well, it has like the story's stupid, but the story, in my opinion, has gotten worse and worse and worse since the first one. Oh, is 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 this the Borderlands where you can play as one of the psychos? Uh, you can do that in two, I think, as a DLC character. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's Krieg. Um. Yeah, because he was. I've seen the clips of him playing with, or because uh, he's in love with the siren. Yeah, I don't recognize any of these characters, gotcha. so I do not think I ever played this one. Well, it's got my second favorite Borderlands playable character ever in it, and it's the. It's not the only thing I've played because I fucked around with the other ones as well. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Mose or Mosey. I don't know how the fuck you pronounce it. M O Z E. Probably uh-huh. Mose. Um, her special is a fucking giant mech suit. She it looks like the oh. what uh, JV uh, diva the yeah. fu- from very similar to that and with her uh, skill tree you like you get to pick different um like you you have a left and a right arm that are your guns yeah and you get there's like four different guns you can choose and in each skill tree you can modify those guns and you get to be in it for a while oh that's nice <laughs> so like and like the the for better or worse there's a lot of like. There's a fucking ton of like just sitting around listening to NPCs talk to each other uh-huh. in Borderlands 3, which I hate. But what it does do is like you move through an area and then you have to listen to fucking, you know, Maya yep. talk to Lilith about what's going on here. And the whole time your cooldown is cooling down. <laughs> and so you're like, I'm oh. a robot again. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. So like every fucking boss fight, you get to just pop in your robot. Like I, I will fight every boss fight until I'm about to go down and I just hit left bumper or L1 and just in the mech suit and then just fucking melt them. It is so much fun. You're just like, like fucking tool it around in the suit. It feels really like when you're playing it, it feels very visceral and heavy and it's got weight Mm -hmm. to it. You know what I mean? And like the rail gun and the machine gun is just a fucking awesome combo. You just like, and then like every like four or five seconds, you just kill somebody. Yeah. You're just, <laughs> just like, you just melt the map. Yeah. It's so much fun. And like the game Borderlands 3 looks and plays the best as far as like the minute to minute, like the shooting and shit like uh-huh. that. Um, It's got plenty of stuff I don't like about it, but like she is second only to the original uh, Lilith in Borderlands 1 for my favorite playable character. Like, yep. I love the style in uh, Borderlands 1 Dude, that you play I, as. I loved Mordecai. He was so fun to play. Mm-hmm. I was, he, he's probably my favorite ever. Yeah. The I sniper love, with the bird. He, he's a sniper. Yeah, he's a sniper with the bird. And you get the bird upgraded where she, he'll like, she'll go kill like three or four things. And they drop fucking loot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I was, yep. OG Borderlands was great. Oh, it's a fantastic game. I mean, it spawned a whole series, obviously. Yep. Like, but, uh, I've been playing that just to like blow off steam. Yeah. When I get pissed off at another game, I'm just like, I'm going to go like murder everything uh-huh. in Borderlands three. So I can dude playing is that, uh, she's called like the iron bear. I think is what it's called. That's her mech suit. <clears throat> just so much fun. Good. So much fun. So yeah. Other than just eating a bunch for my, uh, like w- birthday weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I uh, I smoked a pork butt on Saturday. Didn't invite me over. You were working. And you're coming over today. True. And you went and fucking, you went and uh, drove up to wherever the fuck it was and did some paintballing. So how was that? Yeah, it was tons of fun. Uh, our anniversary is this week. We're obviously not going to miss recording for it, but. Oh, why not? Um, Sarah planned all, she did all the planning and she took a, she drove us up uh, an hour, hour, hour and a half north and we went to play paintball. I'm debating if I want to give their name or not. I guess. Yeah, that's a way. We've, we've, we've name dropped plenty of places within an hour of us, I suppose. So uh, it's Fort Knox paintball in Winnemac. Um, it was way bigger than I expected. So I expected literally like, like in the Midwest paintball is usually like in a field or some woods with like some rundown cars and a half built fort and, and just kind of go shoot each other. And this was like, there was like seven or nine like dedicated map areas that you go play in. And like you had a ref with you and he would call him like, Hey, is anyone in shipment? Is anyone in old West town? Is anyone in? And like, then you would walk back to it and that was your area. So they could have, you know, seven or eight groups or, uh, well, seven or eight maps running with two groups each. This place is fucking huge. Really well built. A ton of money went into building it. Um, But Sarah, we just had a fucking ton of fun. It, we spent a bunch of money, rented like the nice guns and we bought a bunch of paintballs. So like, and we weren't, ammo wasn't a concern. Who cares? We just kind of got whatever we wanted and we got a really fun group and we had a blast like running missions and shooting each other. Mm-hmm. And it might be one of Sarah's and I's new things. Like I'm looking at uh, picking up some paintball guns for us. Like you can get entry level just to get started and it'll probably be where we stop. Cause I'll probably never do it competitively because Sarah probably wouldn't want to do it competitively. And I wouldn't want to go alone to do it competitively. And so like for 550, probably about 600 bucks, about 600 bucks, I can get, I think everything I would want a relatively nice gun. Um, all the things to go on it, the loader, the, the loader that drops the balls in actually battery powered. Now mm-hmm. it's like when I was a kid, the ones we had, they just like, they just gravity fed. These have like little wheels in them that it move them to yeah, like, keep it's so I was looking at this, like this one has a microphone. So when it hears the gunfire, it turns the wheel. Cool. So as long as it's making noise, the wheel is turning. But yeah, so like it turns, it, it comes with that. It comes with the gun, which was a very well-reviewed gun. My cheat sheet, or my like little cheat code for what I want to get into something is I just like, I want to buy a paintball gun. I Google best budget paintball guns. And like, that gives you like a top 10 list of like, here's the experts recommend. This is race. This is how much money you should spend. And the ones you should get the one, this, this is a, this is the number two recommended from at least a paintball website. So it's a well-recommended gun. It comes with a face mask. It comes with the air tank. It comes with uh, the loader for like 550 bucks. The only other thing I would want is you carry a belt that holds like pods of paintballs. They're like how you reload. If anyone's ever seen people paintballing, it's when they like they pull a thing out and they'll pop the lid and they'll and pour a bunch the, of yeah. They'll dump a paint. Either they'll dump them into the thing or all over the ground. Yeah, whichever one. Whichever one works best. Uh, and it's like twenty five bucks. They like nicer ones are like fifty, but like I found a, a four stack one, which I can't imagine why it would matter how nice it is. It's a belt with plastic tubes. Yeah. Um, so for six hundred bucks you can get a nice setup that is yours, which as I've, I've talked with Matt about, you can't get into any hobby for less than 500 bucks. Just like it seems like in the world, like if you want to, obviously you can go do it for less than 500 bucks, but if you want to get into a hobby and like buy all the shit, it's going to be like 500 bucks. Like great examples. Like let's say you want to get to D and D 
And you want to like really get into, you want to have maps, you want to have all the books, you want to have minis. Uh, you're, you're very quickly going to spend probably three, $400. Like the books are 50 bucks each. Mm-hmm. So for example, to be a DM, you'll want the player's guide. There's 50 bucks. You want a DM guide. There's 50 bucks. You want the monster manual. There's like 40 bucks. Um, uh, maps and tiles and whatnot. Those are easily 50 bucks a piece for a set. A couple minis very are like little minis start at 12 to 20 bucks. Big minis for monsters and shit are going to be 15 to 50 bucks each. Like if you wanted to have like a room decked out to like do some cool D and D shit, you're going to have, you're going to spend 500 bucks on it. You want to play Warhammer? Go get uh-huh. a Yeah. <laughs> go get a basic bitch army. It's like 500 bucks. Yep. Like five, 600 bucks to get a basic bitch army to start magic. What format do you want to play? Because if you want to play standard or pioneer, it's 500 bucks. Pretty much. And then it goes up. Like, Well, that's assuming you pick a deck from the, yes. a top tier deck and stick with it. And you get it right. You, you get like it right it. the first time. And it stays a good deck. <laughs> right. Like we got into rock climbing. Pair of shoes, 200 bucks. Harness, 50 to 100 bucks. Um, uh, accessories to go with it. You're easily going to uh, uh, a belay device between 15 and 100 bucks. Chalk bag and whatnot. There's another 20 to 50 bucks. Like there's 400 bucks, like 500 might be a little high for some hobbies, but my general rule of thumb is if you want to get into a hobby, be prepared to probably spend 500 bucks on gear. That's just what it costs to be a part of a hobby. And then obviously once, if you get into a hobby, Oh yeah, this guy's the limit. Now you start buying pieces of gear that are 500 bucks a piece. Like I was, it was funny. I watched a video reviewing, uh, this was the like most purchased so they don't call them paintball guns on youtube they call them markers yep which it's it, a lot of websites they call them a paintball marker because they don't want to say gun yeah like you couldn't go on facebook and it, it'd probably be harder on facebook to sell anything blank 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 gun that's a but so like their entry-level marker they recommended was the most sold marker it was like a 440 dollar paintball gun and the for anyone who's seen a paintball gun that's no tank no loader that's just the gun part like 450 bucks, which is a little, I mean, the one I want is about 350, but that's the next one. The mid tier was a thousand for just the gun. I didn't even watch to the upper tier ones because I don't care. Like when you get into a hobby, the sky is 100% the limit. There are people spending thousands of dollars on a single piece of gear, which don't get me wrong. I, I'm more than guilty of wasting money on shouldn't say waste but spending a lot of money on stuff that doesn't make any sense but it's hilarious to me you're like oh, i'm gonna spend a thousand dollars on my paintball gun you know what that would buy a real gun and it would buy a really nice real it gun. would buy a pretty nice real gun yep <laughs> now you'll go to jail if you shoot somebody with it yeah <laughs> whereas yeah, your yeah. paintball gun you get to go actually have fun yeah. you know do whatever you want to do but so there is a big difference in value is, yeah. gain there but it's just oh on that note the my best comparison so i wanted a switchblade for a long time yeah and i was looking at getting a benchmade one it's and really a, nice benchmade makes great knives um a benchmade infidel is like six hundred dollars for a switchblade that's too I'm much i'm like i can buy a fucking good gun for that yep. like a really nice gun for 600 bucks. that's a lot of money for a knife for a fucking knife yep and and my so i was that knife not so much but the way i view knives there has to be some disposability to a knife right. because it's meant to be used. Not my, to mention you could fucking just lose it. Like pretty yeah. easily you can just lose a knife. Case in point, I've lost my last, like I've, I regularly lose knives. Like I have a knife usually for between six months and a year and a half and I will lose it. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just, uh, it, something happens. It falls in my pocket. I leave it somewhere. It gets lost. But yeah, on top of you can just, even if you never lose it, 
like a knife is meant like the number of times I pull my knife out and I just like grind the blade because I need to do something that involves damaging the blade. Yeah. And like that's the I don't carry this knife just to open packets of gummies. I use it. I carry it to use. Now, everyone's going to say that Benchmade knife isn't meant to be an everyday carry. Yeah. Well, it's not meant to be a it. That's not a tool. It's a weapon. Now, there's yes. a lot of overlap between tools and weapons. I guess that's true. Like, that one is a specifically, it's a weapon yeah. that's designed for self-defense when yeah. you can't carry a gun. You carry this knife. Yeah. But the same principle applies with a bunch of other knives. So here's my argument against that. Whether well, it's true. I'm not saying you're wrong. But the argument that, like, that $600 knife is an excellent self-defense weapon. For the most part, you or I, or anyone, most people who are buying that, who would be interested in buying that knife, could buy a $50 knife and it is just as much of a good self-defense weapon because it's probably a one-time use for most of us. For the majority of people, <clears throat> that's like uh, when I was when I was buying a motorcycle helmet. I didn't buy the cheapest helmet they make, of course. But I didn't spend six hundred bucks on a motorcycle helmet. It gets used one time. Yep. Like it needs it, it's it's a one it's once. Now don't buy the cheapest because I don't want to you know I want it, it to is, work it that needs one to time. Work, yeah. But like ghost, I went and spent like 150, 200 bucks on a, a helmet. And I need it to work one time. And like if you're carrying a knife and it, it's the only thing you carry it for is self-defense, it probably is going to have to work one time. Well, the while I agree with you in principle, the point with this one, though, the difference between like a switchblade is like you can get the knife out quicker than you could with a folder. Could you buy if, could you buy a cheap switchblade? Well, that's where you go. That's the helmet thing, though. Cheap switchblades. Now break? you're going is it going to open? Okay, okay. That but, would be my yep, argument. Yep, that's fine. That's now, fine. you can do what I did, and I got like a $100 switchblade that, that has opened every single time. That is the core of my argument, is that the yeah. jump from a... A middle to the high end is fucking almost never worth it for your this, average person. Now, again, I will capstone that whole argument with, I love having nice things. I understand buying nice things. I have spent more money than I should have on something because it's a nice... It's a nice thing. It, buying yeah. things has value. So I'll, I'll I'll throw that on top. Like I get that like part of you want to spend 600 bucks on a Benchmade knife is because it's a beautiful Benchmade knife. But yeah, you could easily, yeah, don't go buy a $20 switchblade, but buy a $150 switchblade and it will provide you all the same benefits as a $600 switchblade would. Probably realistically, and this is um, from what I've noticed, the one I have, it's just heavier. Yeah, that makes sense. I've noticed that was so like the paintball guns I was looking at is like they talk about a lot of weight a lot as they get into the higher tier equipment because yeah. pounds, a half a pound here, or a pound there really adds up. When you've got a whole kit, it really adds up. Yep. And you're here's the thing. It's kind of like when we're going to harken back to magic all the time because fundamentally we are magic players. Yes. But like you don't have to, quote unquote, have the best gear to win. Yeah. But your opponent is probably going to have the best gear. Yep. So if you don't have the lightweight shit. That's made out of carbon fiber, whatever yep. the fuck they're doing exactly. in paintball. Yep. It's probably carbon fiber. That seems to be where most of this stuff goes, yep. especially when nobody's life is on the line. Um, and a lot of times when it is. <laughs> but <laughs> are you intentionally throwing shade at the submarine guy? I don't know who you're talking about. The submarine that went missing. Uh, oh, no. Titan. I, no, it's just so. The problem he, with because he used carbon fiber. That yeah. was the whole thing. Well, the problem with carbon fiber, and this was explained to me by one of my friends who is an engineer. Yeah, is unlike steel and wood and whatnot, we don't have two to three hundred years. Yeah. of data yep. on how it behaves under every single circumstance. Yep, and it tends to catastrophically fail. Yeah, 
So like that's my big thing. Like the reason I don't like it as much is like one, I think it has very poor impact resistance, especially over time. Whereas like you could take a fucking hammer to a steel drum and like beat the fuck out of it and it's probably fine. Yep. And you hit carbon fiber very many times and it'll shatter. Yeah. Eventually it's going to just catastrophically fail. Yes. Um, and because there's not because it's so new, you don't really know when that's gonna be and under what circumstances that's gonna be. Whereas uh-huh. like if you build a a gun out of steel or aluminum or yep. some sort of alloy, some other alloy, yep. I should say, you know how we we have a really good idea of yeah. under what conditions it will fail and how it behaves under certain conditions. Yep. We have a ton of fucking knowledge about and these longevity things. is right. We know how long it's going to last. Can you like, run a hundred thousand rounds through it consistently? Right. So like that, that was one of, that was one of the things I was curious about when I bought that shotgun. Mm-hmm. Like the one I got people put like 20,000 rounds through it and it's still works and they never cleaned it. Yep. Like that's, that's one of the reasons why I got it. Not to say that I would do that, but I want when that, we're talking about a, a weapon. Yeah. I want the one that works Every yeah. fucking time. reliability is reliability the and longevity do matter with a gun. Yeah. Um, not so again, not so much with a knife because it's once you stab somebody, you, the knife is lost because the police are going to take it one way or the other. Yeah. Um, whether it was justified or not. Yep. Um, you're just not getting that knife back. So anywho, yeah, the, that's, that seems to be like the difference between like the medium quality stuff and the high end stuff is weight. Same thing yeah. with like camping gear. You get oh, like yeah, the ultra light camping gear stuff. Climbing's the exact same. Yep. Like you'll get, you'll have climbing gear that it's twice the price because it weighs fifteen percent less. Yep. But you know, a lot when you're when you're carrying forty pieces of gear and each gear weighs fifteen percent less than its counterpart, that does really add up. And that's yeah, that's the that's the deciding factor. And I've I've seen some of that with paintball gear. Obviously, a lot of it is also with like. So I was talking to one of the guys, and he was he was it's it, it's funny. The way the conversation went was funny. He was really nice and he was very excited to talk about his passion. He obviously plays a lot of paintball. He just became a ref probably because he spends enough, enough time there. He's like, they should, maybe you guys should just fucking pay me. Um, that's basically I did the climbing wall. I never got around to working there. I tried to, they didn't, I never, but like I spent enough time there. I just worked there. Mm-hmm. I spent as much time belaying uh, like customers as I did climbing myself. Cause I'm already here. But like, uh, we were talking about like, so these have electronic triggers versus mechanical triggers and the electronic, you just can't fire as fast. You upgrade to the mechanical triggers and you can fire them much faster. The, 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 some of the loaders. Are they all fully auto? No fully auto allowed actually. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, some places might allow fully auto, but like this but place. At your place you can't have fully no auto. auto. Yeah. It has to be semi-automatic. And cool. if, if the, uh, probably 15 to 20 clips I've seen on TikTok say anything, every time I see people shooting, it's always semi-auto. They kind of get around it a little bit because they'll like, so like you like they'll use two fingers. Yep. The triggers are super sensitive and they'll they run through. And there's them. almost no recoil, so you don't have to worry about that. There, no. yeah. There with how heavy like our gun was, there is no recoil. There's none. And like they'll fucking fly through them. And so like he was talking. He we would go through, me and Sarah, in a battle. It was a seven on seven. We would go through half a mag or half a drum, whatever, per round, probably, maybe up to one. Which is probably 100, 120 paintballs each. He was saying in one of his competitions he was playing in, like in one round, he went through his mag and then all four of his pods that are 150 each. Mm-hmm. Like he blew through like 700 paintballs in one. And it's at watching those clips, like those guys are just firing nonstop. Yep. All they're doing is putting rounds down range, putting rounds down range. And I'm sure it's cover fire. Like mm-hmm. you have to 
one thing our team really failed on was like cohesion in that aspect and like cover fire to make movements. That's when everyone we get shot the most is like trying to make a move up. But yeah, just laying down cover fire. Um, but we were talking because it's once I decide I like something, and especially once I find something Sarah likes, because Sarah doesn't really get into a lot of things, my immediate reaction is let's do this. You like this, I like this, let's make this a thing, let's do it. And so I I always go to the, the expert, the guy who has a legacy deck or has, you know, and like, hey, what's the cost to get into this? What should I be expecting to spend? What should I look for, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of beat around the bush a lot, like trying to break the news to me about the price and like, oh, you know, it's, it's depending on what gun you get and those guns are pretty good. And it's like, you're probably going to spend, you know, three or $400 on the gun and, you know, another the hundred bucks here and 80 and, and those can be, these can be like, you know, 75 bucks a piece, but they're worth it. And I was like, oh, so it's like five to 800 bucks to get into it. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's probably a, a good, a good place to, to get into it. I'm like, that's, that's nothing, bud. I play magic. I have multiple decks that cost a thousand dollars each mm-hmm. or like, or yeah. way more. Like that's, I can do, you're telling me I can do this whole hobby for one low purchase? No shit. Yeah. $600? Sure. And, it, and, and there's no meta changes, right? There's, you're not going <laughs> to ban my gun, right? Paintball doesn't come out with a new... I suppose there are gun bans, but just not in paintball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, the, the, like paintball doesn't come out with a new gun I have to buy every eight months, does it? Or I don't have to fucking come out with... I, have to, I don't have to upgrade to the new, the meta-breaking well, tank. Like, to be fair, there probably is a lot of that at the highest tier of paintball yes. there is and it's the same thing with magic like if you're if you want to play or at least pretend that you play at the highest tier of magic that's yeah. when you get into that you probably do have to track it yep but the uh the other side of that is unlike ca- so casual paintball which would probably be closely related to casual commander winning is still the goal yeah <laughs> no one gets mad at you for winning in casual paintball <laughs> yep dude i saw a freaking it was a Twitter post and it was talking about something about just like the casual mindset around commander and or was it, it was, a, no, it was a TikTok, and it was uh it was the command zone talking about it. And they were, I was shocked to see them taking this stance of like, you don't have to apologize for comboing off. Don't apologize for your deck doing its thing. Don't apologize for winning. Those like some of the things I said, yep. dude, like more than half the comments underneath were like, no, you are the bad guy. Like, Commander isn't about winning. Commander's about janky combos. No, you're not supposed to. You should You should feel bad if you're taking a long time on your turn. Like, half the comments were like, no, you're wrong. We're not here to win playing Commander. Yeah, which is whatever. Which is whatever. But, like, in paintball... You definitely are. The goal is here to fucking shoot people. That's the only way the game does anything. Yes. It's the, the, not a matter of like, hey, let's go out and drive to the middle of nowhere and fucking sit behind yes. a broken down car. The goal is to shoot each other. And like we had a couple like I got I shot the shit out of some people. Some people shot the shit out of me. That's that's the point of it. And but yeah, like I'm it's the investment of five eight hundred bucks. And then based on what we went through, it probably between probably between 50 and 80 bucks in paintballs for a day between me and my wife. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, that's probably going to be our new, like, I'm hoping that's kind of our new hobby. Like, we have a couple more, we have another month or two of weekends where it's probably going to be decently warm to go out and play. Probably really good weather. It was perfect. Because you want to wear heavy clothes. We were in long, I was in a long sleeve shirt and a shirt on top. We actually took sweaters and took them off, like, yeah. for, because you're running outside. Like, it's actually great to have um, kind of chilly weather because you want to, like, have a sweater or two or I saw a lot of people they had um like really thick military garb on. They don't think they were in the military, but they yeah, had like but, 
they like like thick military coats and whatnot, and that's perfect for that kind of stuff. I think I saw one dude who he either had a tack vest or like a bulletproof vest on, like a flexible bulletproof vest. And I'm like, that's actually perfect. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, like, if I was gonna do it, I would get some sort of like padded vest, padded vest, because like getting shot with a paintball kind of fucking hurts. It, it's it stings. It definitely stings. And it's, it, like it's it stings if you have a bunch of clothes on. Yeah. If it hits bare skin, it hurts. Like yeah, it'd I'm, be bad. It. I had. I got my fingers hit once or twice. That's pretty rough. I've got some welts. Mm-hmm. Everyone's seen paintball welts. Yeah. Like I've got some welts where I got I got shot in the fat or the side, and like it's I got Does shot not feel good. <laughs> I got shot up close one time. So there's there's kind of a surrender rule where like if you walk up behind somebody, give them a chance. Don't fucking yep. light their ass up. Well, we were playing once, and it was down to I'm pretty sure I thought it was just me and him, and that was it. I think it turns out that we had one more of my team somewhere, but I thought it was just me and him, and we were both holed up, and I was like, well. Let's fucking do it. And I s- sprint around the corner. And as I'm coming around, I didn't want to just shoot the shit out of him on the ground. I was kind of ho- I was hoping there's a 50 percent chance he looks left or right here because I kind of I kind of timed. I got a feel for how he played and he's going to poke here soon and I might be able to get around him and he'll be poking left and I can look him right. And he was not. He was ready for me and he shot the shit out of me. <laughs> and afterwards we were talking, which I wasn't upset. It's fine. Yep. You got me. Because I was like, I wasn't, I didn't want to light you up. I didn't want to, we talked afterwards and uh, he was like, no, dude, don't, just show me no mercy. It's fine. And even the ref was like, yeah, dude, don't really, don't offer, yeah, just shoot him. Don't offer opportunities to surrender and something like that. Just fucking go for it. Which, again, I wasn't upset. It was, it was fine. he, He should shoot me. We're here to shoot each other. But yeah, I got like up close, got like pop, 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 pop. Yep. And I was like, oh, ow. ow. <laughs> well, honestly, you could probably play a little better if you were wearing some lightweight and for lack yeah. of a better word, armor. Yeah. Because you wouldn't, I guarantee you. The fear's not there. Right. Like the, at some level, you're going to, it changes your behavior. Uh-huh. Maybe not you personally. Oh, it does for sure. But across the, like when we're talking about like everybody who's playing paintball. Yeah. There's going to be people who play worse because they don't want to get shot. Yeah. And if you fucking put on, you obviously you'll have helmets on. Yes. Face, but like yeah, yeah. face masks or whatever, put on the gear. And as long as it's not making your movement significantly yep. worse, you'll probably play better because yep. you're not afraid of just getting tagged and so, hurting like shit. One of the things I saw, most people are wearing knee pads. Yep. People that have are paying attention are wearing knee pads. Do a lot of crouching and sliding and yep. just falling. Um, a lot of gloves. A lot Fuck of people yeah. are wearing gloves. I didn't think about that. It's a good idea. But so talk about like knee pads and whatnot. And like how things get different. The funny thing here now we're six hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars, yeah, yep. <laughs> a little bit more, a little bit more. Now we got we're probably up to with with actual protective equipment. Yes. You're probably up to about a thousand dollars. Easily, easily. Yep. But like well, I remember it needs to be comfortable and look cool. <laughs> driving up there, I was like, I'm not gonna. I don't want to like be fucking sliding around and crawling in the ground. I don't care that much. And like once people start shooting at you. At least for me, all of that went out the fucking window, and I'm like sli- Hit the deck. <laughs> sliding up to barricades and like getting down and crap because they're just it's just paintball and whatnot. But it, your brain's also like there's people there's fucking people shooting at you. Shit's whizzing by your head. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Um, I'm hoping to get you out and try it. This facility was so well done. It's such a you got a much greater chance of me doing that than uh, scuba diving. Yeah, I thought you wanted to try scuba diving. I do, but there's a world of difference between 
doing something that could potentially kill me if I fuck yeah. it up and hanging out in some effectively some dude's backyard yeah. and throwing paint at each <laughs> yeah. other. Yeah, the uh, the risk is the a ri- lot different. <laughs> right. I might get bruised. I might drown. One of the more miserable ways to die. <laughs> right. Um, and that's probably one of the better ways to die while scuba diving. Yeah. <laughs> there are worse ways scuba can kill you. So, like, it was an amazing facility. It was an amazing experience. It was a great community, which is something we also talked about. Like, probably the more important thing is the community. So, like, I've watched. I, was, I, was, I talked to some of the guys there about it, and they'd seen the same clips. Airsoft looks so cool to me. I think Airsoft looks like a ton of fun. I see tons of videos of Airsoft where... It's people in like the huge armies fighting each other, and it looks very tactical and very army recreate like recreation yeah, style. Yeah, it's, ar- it's effectively an army sim. Yeah, and it's it just looks so cool. And the only clips I ever see of it is people yelling at each other, screaming at each other, getting kicked out, like shooting someone in the back because they're mad at them, like hurting people so much so that I will probably never try airsoft. Like I get that only the worst stuff makes it onto the internet. But I have like there's a lot of worse stuff. There's a lot of worse stuff when it comes to airsoft. And I have no desire to be a part of that community, no matter how fun it looks, unless like you and five of our best friends got into it. And that's all we did with each other. Mm -hmm. I have no desire to get into airsoft. Whereas this is a great community. It was a great group of people. Obviously, there's assholes in paintball. There's always anything competitive. There's going to be assholes. And there are there is competitive paintball. And there's like people playing for money and people playing for stakes. But it was tons of fun. I very much look forward to kind of adding it to my repertoire of hobbies. Um, the other thing I did a bunch this weekend, this last week, was I got really into Lies of P. So I bought it and downloaded it last week. And I just kind of didn't get to it. It's one of those games that like I want to be prepared to play for a couple hours. I don't want to jump in and play for 30 minutes yeah. and jump out and jump in and play for 30 minutes. You don't really get anything done that way. No. And so like, well, I, especially I played, the way the games work with like the bonfires and shit. Yeah, like you, unless you get to a new bonfire, you, you really, really haven't have to, done anything. Now I will say this one's metered well and metered relatively shortly where like there's, there's very often shortcuts back to the bonfire and, and bonfire. So it's, it's, it's spaced really, really well. But I played a couple hours, played a couple hours. And then this last week I probably put another like, 15 or 20 hours in and that game is amazing i fucking love that game if you like dark souls if you enjoyed playing dark souls 3 at least like dude it scratches the dark souls itch perfectly dark souls and bloodborne i didn't play the other dark souls games but elden ring doesn't scratch the itch for me in that you're kind of just wandering around doing whatever there's the you i felt you feel very aimless in my opinion playing elden ring well especially so you take the the general attitude of darks the the souls games and you go well we're not going to tell you what to do we're yeah. going to give you no guidance and then you combine yeah. that with an open world map and you're Just like do whatever well, you want now what yeah so like games like sekiro bloodborne and dark souls 3 at least where they're very much on rails it's a very linear you go now there's 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 some branching paths this is a smaller company so there's many less like significantly branching paths but um, there's very linear, very move from point A to point B. It's very catered, not catered, but like it's very, des- it's intentionally designed where the enemies are, where you're going to bump into them, how many you have to fight at a time. And if you've, it scratches that itch perfectly. And I have had a ton of fun playing. I played it for like, not yesterday, but the day before, like nine hours. Just got going and just fucking had a blast playing. Isn't it great when you get a game and you're doing that and you're just like, it's one of the best feelings in the world yeah. when you're just like in that state, that flow state where you're just like, 
this is awesome. Yep. And you're not even thinking about how awesome it is. You're just like yep. it's just, doing your thing. It has that that pull you forward mechanic of like you just want to keep going to the next area, fight the next get to I just want to get to the next bonfire. I just want to get to the next checkpoint. And you just you just keep doing that. And you find a boss, you want to fight him a couple times. Um the weapons are really cool. The weapons are really interesting. They do a good job of giving you tons of upgrading materials. So like obviously I have my weapons that are like as high as they could possibly be, and I'm kind of scratching to get those upgraded. But they the other weapons I have, like I can get them almost there. I can I can buy most of the upgrade materials infinitely to upgrade. It's just not the highest tier. Whatever I, the highest tier is. I can't buy those right now. But as soon as you get to the next tier, you can start buying the next yeah, the previous and like, tier. It's, so like there's not it's not that scary to like, well, let's try this other one. Let's and let's get it most of the way there and see how it reacts. Cause it's in this game, like weapon arts are a lot more impactful, like how the weapons swing and whatnot. And well, there's a fucking ton of variety from what I understand. There's a lot of variety and you can mix and match too. Yeah. So like you can take um you could you can change a weapon's head and its handle interchangeable. You can put a different head on a different handle. And so the handle determines like the swing pattern which is obviously really relevant, the swing pattern and the scaling. So like if it scales on strength or dexterity and then the head will impact how much damage it does and also how fast it swings. So like you can put a, like a heavy head on like a dagger handle and it'll have a dagger motion, but it'll swing really slow mm-hmm. because it's, is it, is there damage types in the game as well? Like there is piercing slashing. It's like and if you have a, a, a striking weapon, which is like bludgeoning and you put it on like a thrusting thing it won't do as much damage because you're thrusting a, a hammer yeah. at somebody so that, that all matters too um but you could also take like a really light weapon and put it on a heavy handle and now it swings really fast doesn't do as much damage but it swings really really fast there's a ton so if you of, really like that weapon art yeah but you just want to attack quicker yep you can swap on a lighter head there's and a then- ton of interchange and then there's also really cool like boss weapons that have like they you can't mix and match them but they have like hyper unique um weapon arts um, and not just weapon arts. The, the weapon arts aren't always super unique, I guess. But they also have, like, every weapon has, like, charge-up abilities. So, like, as you're attacking, you charge a bar up. They're called fable. I think they're called fable arts or fable charges. Yeah, just a charge attack, basically. Yeah, not they, a, a charge attack, a but special a, attack. A special attack. And so, like, there's, those are all super different, and they do super cool things. Like, I'm having a ton of fun playing around with that. Um, I, was, I remember I was playing through yesterday. I think I'm on, like, chapter 8 of 10. So, I'm most of the way through the game. And I was like, I'm super excited to play this game again already. Like, this is one of those games I'm pretty sure I'm going to play through seven or eight times. I'm just going to keep. Well, it seems like it's shorter, too. It is. Lo- it's it, probably it, about 20 to 25 hours. Probably, yeah. It's probably quite a bit shorter than, like, an actual Dark Souls game or a Bloodborne game. But which, it also seems like it's not that the other ones aren't, but it seems like this one is specifically designed that the full experience is playing it through multiple times. Yeah, I haven't heard or seen anything about that. You've been you've been on the subreddit well, with, like, how many um different options you have like you're clearly not yeah. going to experience all of those you know well, what i mean yeah oh so yes um that makes sense the other thing i found so I, there's like a golden tree or whatever respecking is obscenely easy and cheap so like this golden tree it's kind of annoying it's a timer based thing every 8 minutes one more coin can be harvested up to and it'll hold up to 8 the idea being is like every hour or two you're playing, just swing back in and harvest from the tree. Mm-hmm. I think respecking your skill points takes all your levels takes like four or five. Like so every re- hour you could respect twice. You could respect. Yeah. Like you can respect your whole level. You can. And so you can completely rebuild your character. Uh, you can do the same thing with. Um, so there's obviously your leveling. There's and there's also it's called your P organ. 
but it's like your special puppet organ. Mm-hmm. It's you put quartz into it and you gain special abilities. So like one of them is so that some of the generic ones are like you gain more healing Estus flasks. Um, some of them are like you can you can dodge twice in a row instead of once, Probably or huge. you can you can dodge from the ground. Uh, so some of them like affect like how the parry how long the parry window is. There's very significantly cha- uh, game changing effects, and you can reset those really cheaply as well. Like the whole game is is clearly set up for you to be respecking often and trying out and playing a different like play a dex build, play a strength build, play a there's another there's three different scalings, but strength and dex are the big ones. But I'm just I'm just super excited. Is to there just, any like magic style stuff um no is there arranged stuff no nope there's and we're talking so i was watching some clips on it and they were talking about this game is in a lot of ways probably harder than dark souls or elden ring or whatever because there really isn't any range there's no range and there's no magic which it's been kind of a lot of stuff and understood is like that's kind of the easy mode like if you want to play dark souls 3 or elden ring and kind of on easy mode you play like have a heavy magic build where obviously you're super squishy, but your attacks are super strong. They're all at ranged. Like that's kind of on easy mode. This game doesn't have that for me. doesn't feel much different because I play strength anyway. Yep. I, I play pure strength builds, so it feels the same for me, but no, there is none of that in this game. Um, I would say the levels are all generically difficult in the same way that a Bloodborne level is, like just moving through it, fighting the enemies. Occasionally you'll bump into three or four of them and get gangbanged and there's nothing you can do. The bosses are probably the least balanced. Like some of them are easy. Some of them are like, they feel impossible. And I've had a couple situations where I told you the first time I was like, let's, I played the boss a couple times. Like, let's see how this, they have a summons. It's an AI summons affects it. And it made the boss fight go from like, this is really fucking hard to like the SVU had to get involved. Mm-hmm. We fucking bent this guy over a barrel. <laughs> I felt bad for him. And it's like, I don't consider I didn't beat him. Didn't count. Um, it happened again with another boss where I was like, I, it was even way, it was harder. And I was like, I'm just making no progress. So I got a summons just to help get through and just kind of see some more. And, and I wanted to break and we fucking bent him over a barrel. It wasn't even close and then the th- I had done it now a third time. I went through and I fought several more bosses and I was able to get them. Some of them within the first couple tries. Obviously, they were probably a little weaker to a strength build. But I had a boss last night or two nights ago that I fought. I probably fought for a few hours just over and over and over and over. And it felt like there's a lot of luck involved with fighting him because, in my opinion, the arena he was in is about 25% too small for how intense his movements are so it happened several times that i would lose the fight because i got pinned against the wall we'd be fighting and i'd get against the wall a little bit and his move he would just we'd get stuck into the wall and i would die and then some of his attacks were also i want to say they're cheap and bullshit um they're just timed so that it's probably not impossible but it feels really impossible to get out of it without taking multiple hits and if you don't get out of at least one of them it would almost one shot kill me mm-hmm. that that one combo and it happened many 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 times where i got him down to like a quarter health and he would do that and it would kill me i had a couple fights where i lost because i pushed the wrong button i had I at least that so much yep <laughs> i had at least two of them where this fight is in the i got like three more heals he has like 15 percent of his health this fight is in the bag and i pushed the wrong button and died and i did i, I, I 
the <laughs> this is it's in Bloodborne too. Have you ever tried to like use an item when it's out in Bloodborne? Oh yeah, and like grabs this thing. This takes like fifty percent longer to get out of that animation, mm-hmm. and I got stuck in that once or twice and died. And those are my fault, but it was very frustrating. So this one, I fought him enough times, I died to enough. Just in my opinion, bullshit that I just used the summons and got through it. I was ready to move on, which you pointed out is a great thing that that's there. Like that, that mechanic, well, it, I don't really, I didn't defeat the boss. I need to beat that boss. Still. I at least get to keep playing. I don't have, I'm not hard stuck on this dude. I wish they didn't make it as easy, but it's okay. At least I'm not still stuck. I get to move on past the game. I'll come back and beat him later. Um, I do a fuck ton of damage. I, I, the game is a lot of fun. I, I maxed out my uh, strength first. So like the way I started playing these games is when I start playing, every level goes into strength until I can't play anymore. Until I start getting like one shot or I start playing. I'm like, geez, I need some stamina. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for a while. And I was like, I was looked up some build guides and it was like, yeah, your strength should kind of cap out with the soft caps between 30 and 35. And my strength was at like 32. And I had no other levels anywhere else. <laughs> I was like, I guess it's time to start. So that's your end game strength. You I guess got that. Yeah. So I, I, I hit fucking hard. And this last boss, it took, it was one, like, it took a lot of hits. It was a two phase boss, of course. The first phase was pretty easy. He was pretty, pretty wimpy. The second phase, though, man, he was a freaking tank. I had a lot of fun playing. I've, I've had so much fun playing it. I'm back to having a game that I'm legitimately just excited to go home and play. Like I'll be driving home from work and be like, I kind of want to fucking play Lisa P. I might go play that for a couple hours. And that is one of the best things ever to have just this thing at home that I'm so excited to go fuck with. I couldn't agree more with that sentiment, but you know what also sucks when you're super into something, you kind of hate everyone else that wants to spend time with you. (laughs) You're like, Hey wife, leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) It fucking happened. That, Exact thing happened last week. I got home from work one day. It'd been kind of a long, rough day at work. Sarah took a week off. She, uh, when she quit her job, she took a week off between her new job and the old one just to decompress a little yep. bit. And I got home and she was napping in bed. And I was like, perfect. I'm going to go play Liza P. You stay napping. And she asked me to lay down with her. And I was like, God, fucking damn you, wife. <laughs> mm hmm. Yes, of course I will lay down and cuddle with you. She's all she's yep. all sleepy and like, no, come lay with me, please. And I'm like, like I want to play my fucking game. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then we cuddled for like an hour. She napped and I laid in bed for like an hour and a half, not playing Lies of P. Thinking about playing Lies of P. Thinking about how much I want to go play Lies of P. Yep. So I get you where it's like everything. You know how much I fucking hate Wednesdays and having to go to class? Yep. And I can't. I <laughs> Well, that's the thing. That's that's the double-edged sword of having something uh-huh. you give a shit about. Like, if you know, if you didn't have anything, you're like, yeah, whatever. Class is stupid, but at yep. least it's not taking any of my time. Yep. This is just like, I hate this shit. All I want to go do yep. is do that thing I'm really into right now. So on Wednesday, I had... Wednesday was probably one of my worst days yet. And that's the day that my fucking cable decided... I was running a cable down... Um, down a down a drain line, a three inch drain line for the main line of a home. I was actually running in towards the house, but I knew what I was doing. I was doing it on purpose. And instead of running in a straight line, this cable up towards the end of the house where the something was clogging the pipe, mm-hmm. it decided to turn ninety degrees straight up and got caught on the pipe and shattered it. And so I had to have call help out and we had to replace the pipe. It was a fucking nightmare. 
I was going to say, you sent me that picture. I was like, well, there goes his whole day. Yeah, that is. I, I was there you for like six and a half, seven shattered hours. shattered PVC underneath yeah. these people. And don't get me wrong. The drain line's still clogged. Haven't unclogged yep. it yet. And I still have to do their system check afterwards. So I was there for like six and a half, seven hours. Um, I had class that night. Got to get that 80 bucks. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so I got home and I was, because I usually, what I do is all class. I actually spend that time doing quizzes. And that's why I'm doing quizzes for February right now. I'm up to the end of February for homework. Mm -hmm. And I said, first of all, I'm not fucking doing that. Fuck that. Fuck that shit. And I spent the entire time just grinding on Liza P. Yep. I spent the entire time like halfway listening to them talk about bullshit. And just kill stuff. And just killing stuff. Hey, look, I have a really dumb plumbing podcast on in the background. Only every now and then I had to go, "Uh uh-huh. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) I would occasionally stop and contribute a little bit to get my participation (laughs) points. Yep. That's how I spent my Wednesday. I was so angry. I was so burned out. I just played. I played my Liza P game. I didn't do anything new. I just, I basically started and just worked through the, all the maps once or twice again. Just, just kept, just pushed through and do it. Killed every enemy and well, got a bunch of XP. That's what I had to do with Bloodborne. Is like, I did a fair amount of grinding in that, but yep. it wasn't so much to get stat points. Although that's a natural consequence of it. Yep. It was just like I'd never played these games before. Yeah. I need to learn how to yeah. actually, kind of like the JRPG thing, yeah, your I need reps. to sit down and fucking put in 10 or 20 hours of yeah. just killing enemies over yeah. and over and over. And I did the uh, the woods area where it got to the point where I would run through that thing, do the whole level and not get hit. Yep. Because like, I mean, I'm not, I don't suck at games. This yeah. is just a new one for me. But, and you have to learn how to play. Like, they, the flow of those games is is different than a lot of other games and it's, you have to understand it. Yeah. So... Oh, yeah, there's a the biggest the best way I would describe it, and I'm sure plenty of people play them, but like everything has just a wind up, and in most games, you just do stuff. Uh-huh. But like when you want to attack, you have to start hitting it. You have to hit attack before you want it want to attack. You have to like time. So like if you're you know, a good example of this is like there's this fucking one of those werewolf dudes like in a shack by himself. Yeah, and you have to start swinging before you get to him and anticipate yeah. where he's gonna be. Yep. And if you fuck that up, he's going to punch you a couple times yes. and it's going to suck. Now on a grinding thing, that's not the end of the world. You just heal and whatever. Who cares? Yep. But like, that's how you practice your timing of your yep. weapon is like, I know what he's going to do. Yep. I need to be able to A, anticipate that and B, I want to be able to counteract it. Like, okay. If he's going to run at me and swing on this timing what, and it fucks me up every now and then because they change. They do. Every now and then they oh, do something I... different. Yep. <laughs> But like I was screaming at my computer the other night fighting that boss because he would just occasionally change just his do timing. Something, yep. <laughs> and like, cool. He stutter steps and then you fucking Never done that. you. <laughs> Never done that before. Has not in that order yet. <laughs> yep. Cool. Glad that runs lost. It was it was funny. So back when I was in I was in like middle school and one of the things I used to do, my mom would work uh she worked at a library, she still works there, and she would work she would close on Thursdays. And but she would work a split shift. So she'd work like nine to one and then like five to nine, something like that. And when she would go back in, I would go with her and hang out with her. Uh huh. Well, I was this was very early on and like games were still relatively new. Uh-huh. So we're talking like Super Nintendo era shit. Yeah. Not new, but like relatively new. A lot of the stuff hadn't been figured out yet. Right. Well, like I was just reading like books about video game design theory. And that's something they talk about is predictability and how like predictability is one of the ways game designers manage difficulty yeah as like if you make your enemy super predictable that's one of the ways you can make them super easy yeah if they just act randomly it's very difficult yep. like, that's 
one of the but core. It and one, let me finish. That's that's how you can tweak whether or not a fight feels fair as well. So if it's difficult but predictable, it feels more fair than if it's like not as hard but just completely random. Yeah. You feel like you just lose to RNG because well he did that th that really strong move three times in a row, and if I fail it once I die. Yep. So he did it. He did it. He did it, and I had to be perfect three times in a row. So I lost. Well, the time I beat him, he didn't do it at all. So I just walked through it. Yeah, that's the R yeah, the RNG-ness of it. Yeah. Right. And that's the balancing act that these games have to fucking Yeah. Uh that's the kind of the core premise of the Dark Souls franchise is like the bosses are supposed to have like a pretty big tells of the attacks they're doing, so you can abuse that. Yeah. Well, you learn it. It's not even abusing. You like, okay, he's he's got his right arm swung back and yeah. his left arm's over here. And he's, you know, he looks like yeah. basically what it trains you is he looks like this. Yeah. When he looks like this, this follows. Yeah. He does a left, then a left, then a right, then a left, and then you then you're right. there's so your you window. Go, dodge, 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 tack. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Well, if if he looks the exact same way, but can that have doesn't. two or three different options, that's when it starts to feel unfair. Cause like, well, what am I supposed to do? Yep. Just hope I Dude, get lucky. Talking about unfair, that is some of the issues of like, as I've gotten to the later areas of Liza P, the level design is a lot of cheap jump scares and cheap free hits. Mm -hmm. It's like, like running around a corner and they just punch you. Or with a lot of walls keep exploding. Oh, yeah. It's like, fuck off, game. And like, I have enough health. Like, I'm at the point now, you start with three. I have nine now, I think, which I always prioritize getting a lot of health because I play pretty tanky. Yeah. But yeah, like, so many areas they're just like cheap shots where like you're running through and like these fucking barrels explode that it's never happened before but a dude jumps to this pile of barrels and hits you mm -hmm. it's like fuck off or like it'd be moving through and they'll jump out of these glass windows that we've never done before there's a they they took it a little to the extreme and a little too far with the in my opinion kind of cheap bullshit where it's like fuck off yeah. And that's all that's all like I say that out loud when it happens. We're like I'm running or doing something and like out of nowhere they just fucking jump out and hit me. And it's like fuck off. Cool. I you hit me. Thank you. Yep. You piece You're of dead shit. now. Cool. It's I had, a, it's a tax for running down this hallway. I fucking caught one area where I don't know if the game glitched or if they just made that area poorly or if I was moving too quick, but like I was fighting some I was fighting a dude. I kind of rushed up and was fighting him and then like two dudes like fell down. And like I started attacking me, and I killed them real quick. And I looked up, and there was nothing there from. They I, was just, just, I was in a tube. I was in a pipe. Yep. So I've seen enemies do a lot of games. They don't literally just appear. They fall into the map. Yeah. And you can see them. There's been several games where, like, if you get the timing right, you can see them fall into where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. You probably beat the game loading those enemies uh -huh. in, and they fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. They. Because they these games in my experience have, they try to like oh yeah he fell off that ledge like and a lot of times you can see him and it's yeah it's it's kind of like uh, your what's the game even play the Resident Evil game mm -hmm. where like you could actually see the dude sitting on the ground if you look like you're walking up you can actually see the dog sitting up on the on the cliff this one if you're paying attention yes this one no I was in a tube underground and, just, and two dudes just fell down out of fell nothing the fucking <laughs> ceiling yeah so um one of the other things that reminded me of is since we're still we're always going to talk about the Resident Evil series. It's one of my favorite games. The way they did that, you play the first Resident Evil and you're like 15 minutes in. So like you're in this hallway, you go left. 
You do like a little pre-scripted thing with your first zombie. The dude kills it, right? Yeah. Then you're supposed to go effectively very shortly after that. You're supposed to go directly across the hallway to your right. Uh huh. And dogs bust through the window and attack you. Yeah. Because you were you were literally and you can hear them barking, but you were chased into that mansion by zombie dogs. Yeah. They come through the windows and attack you. A, it's a jump scare. It's side note to my side note. It scared the shit out of my brother. Uh-huh. Like uh, Derek and I were playing and he's like, what the fuck are you guys playing? I was like, dude, you should play this Resident Evil game. It's super fun. It's a little scary, uh-huh. but like it's a lot of fun. He's like, bullshit. Because elder brother syndrome, yeah. right? He sits down to fucking play it. He fucking levitated when those dogs. <laughs> Derek and I were sitting there like giving each other the side eye because we knew well, it was, knew coming. was coming. Yep. And this is how quick in the game is. He started over. So like within like half an hour, he got to the zombie dogs, right? And then it almost never gets used again. But what it does do is every time you walk down a hallway uh-huh. with windows, now you're tense because yep. you don't know if dogs are going to jump. They've established that they it can. can. Yep. And then they use it sparingly, but they do it early. So it's just like, okay, well, if there's windows, I need to watch out for windows because enemies, in theory, can't, can't jump through them. them. Yep. And it's done in like the second one where in the second one, um, at least in the remake, you can board the windows up. Yep. They come through and you can get boards to board them up so they don't have to. And that's another tactic you really want to do. And that's going down another rabbit hole. But like that is how you do that effectively. I hate when games introduce a mechanic 20 hours in. Yeah. And that's like because it feels really cheap for perspective. Like, I well, in fairness, the enemy breaking a wall and hitting you was introduced early. But like they're expanding it to very different things than like. Yeah. That I have not seen. Enemies bursting through any random wall is not something you can actually anticipate. And it's well overused. We're like, it's too much, guys. It's annoying. It's it's not scary anymore. It's annoying. I'm not freaking out about it. I'm just annoyed. Now, what I have noticed is in the game's defense, the timing of it does seem to be geared specifically to running. And if you walk, they jump early. That makes sense. Yeah. If you're walking down a hall, they jump early and it's not really an issue. So if you're not paying attention and you're just sprinting down a hallway, yes. they're going to bust out and like tag. They you. hit you. And so that's, it's obviously geared to like encourage you to, hey, be a little more thoughtful. Walk. Don't run. Like work through this slowly. The problem is it's that's fucking dumb. It's slow and boring. Yeah. <laughs> like well, there, there's no enemies here. I'm moving. I want to run to the enemies. There's two things that I've been thinking about a lot with game design. And it was something. uh um one of them involving D&D and the other one, just a side note of like, I know they need to include it, but like why in 2023 run isn't the default for every yeah. fucking game and you press a button to walk? Yeah. Well, that I, drives I, me I, nuts. Fast. I want to go fast. And two, the first one, I guess, is like, it's really frustrating when you, I keep running into situation in, situations in games and this is this if we're going to go right back to Don't Starve Together, where the game is expecting you to know that this fight is too much for you and you need to run. Yep. And there's an old D&D rule where it's don't give your players any fight that you want them to run away from because they never will. Yep. Because players, when they're playing a game, unless you literally force them to run away through like a cutscene or something, they're not going to run. They'll either win or die. Right. Every time. I don't don't know if you taught me that or I went through... A DMing phase, and I listen to Matt Colville, and I, you may have told me that, but I know he talked about it. This whole phase of like, because he did it once, where he's like, he, you can never expect them to run; they never will. A hundred goblins could show up. Players treat D and D like a video game, 
and video games are balanced such that you can always win. That's how or I think you're, about it. Or you're supposed to lose for the story. Yes. yes. Like, like video games are designed and balanced such that you are never supposed to turn around and run away. You're always supposed to charge in and fight. Yep. It is always balanced either that you will win or it's a scripted loss. And most people play D&D like it's a video game and it's not. And I have a great example where I had a buddy of mine that I used to play d and uh, I used to play D&D with. He was the DM. And actually, he taught me how to play D&D. And we chit-chatted sometimes here and there. And he sent me a scenario he'd been working on. And he gave me the rundown of it. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And he told me that it's a, it's supposed to be a scripted loss. That they're not supposed to be able to kill it. They're supposed to, they're supposed to fight it for a while. Realize they need an item to um, weaken it or make it so it's, it has this, like, it it takes damage, but it has this, like, passive heal. Mm-hmm. They have to find an item that will remove that passive heal, and then they can kill it and move through it. And he, first of all, he showed me its stats, which were pretty high and pretty difficult, but, I mean, it, it, fucking swords, we can kill it. Yeah, it'd be hard without the heal. Yeah, and then he showed me its, basically, it, it's, it had up-close attack. It was, a, it was a living wall. And it had the ability to like spawn some ranged enemies that would go fight them. And I read it and I was like, dude, this is a very killable wall. Like you need to, they're just going to kill these things and keep fighting it. And he assured me over and over again. Nah, it's, it'll be okay. I promise. Like it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And he texted me like three days later being like, yeah, they killed it. And I have no idea what to do now with the story. Cause they're, they're, they're through the wall, like three sessions early. They're supposed to go find other shit that allows them to progress past this and that, and they're supposed to learn things while they're there. And it's, and I was like, yeah, dude, I told you, I told you they're not going to give up on this. If they're doing damage and, and the retaliation if they can net damage on it every yes, turn, they're probably going to sit they're there and never going to leave. And what happened was they had fucking, there was like four of them. Two of them handled the little flying bugs that spawned every round. And two of them would just lob range attacks at it. And eventually they wore it down and killed it. I, I, it's a perfect point. Like people will not run away. They, nope. And the Matt Colville story was like he had a TPK where like he ran his he ran his party up against like some like some higher level PCs basically that he was playing, and it like they just it wasn't really that close of a fight, and they stuck it out and fought to the last man, <coughs> and fucking all died. Yep, and that's ex- like they you, they do not give up. That's actually probably one of the least believable things that ever happens in Critical Role. It's their their party. They do away. actually run like yeah. they've hit the bail button several times. Now, in their defense, they have played for literally thousands, if not tens of thousands of hours. But like they've hit the bail button a couple of times where they get in a fight and they're like, we're fucking losing. We need to go. And in my opinion, that's a high level player mentality to be able to as- assess a fight. One, they have the knowledge that those fights will will happen, which is something you should talk to your players about, I guess, is like, you know. This, I well, might. that's the thing is like if you never introduce that concept of guys, occasionally you're going to yeah. run up against enemies that you can't beat. Yes. And You'll probably be able to know which ones they are. And the majority of players never encounter that. Right. So without knowing it, they never will. So like one, I think it's a high level player to be able to uh, recognize a situation that we are not going to win this. And at the very least, if we do, it's going to cost some lives and that's not worth it. And two, um, have the experience to to recognize those and and be able to be like okay we need to fucking leave right. we need we need to hit the ripcord and fucking go and it's at that it's it's you have to pull that ripcord kind of early to be able to make it out with everybody too because mm-hmm. you can't wait until two people are down right then you're not getting out now you have to res you have to get both of them up and escape while we're taking hits yeah 
which isn't going to happen. It's probably not. Well, and there's the it's a you're walking a again another tightrope where like if you go even one turn too far in a hard D and D fight, yeah. you're at the point of no return. Yep. Where it's like if we had bailed last turn, we'd be fine. We'd be fine. We've committed, and now we're probably going to die. But it's probably going to take us an hour to die. Yep. We and we and we might kill him. We might kill the thing. We might. It's gonna t- it's gonna cost three of our six party members to do it. Right. And that's the thing is like when you're doing a D and D campaign, what you're trying to do is have a good game session. Yeah. And those kind of fights, unless your players again are aware that they may happen, almost never lead to a good outcome. No. Because like let's say you throw like that wall. That wall is a perfect example. Like. Okay, well, technically they can beat it, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, but what happens if it does? Yep, and that's why I because told them. we're playing D&D, and your players are free to do within reason yeah. whatever they want. Let's just assume they kill the wall. What do you have planned after that? Yep. Nothing? Okay, then either A, they can't kill the wall, Yeah. That's or you need to know what happens if they do. Dude, and the easy solution to that was he just it takes no damage. Or hypothetically, let's say it gets down to below half hit points, and it stops taking damage. Well, like if I if it was me and I had that wall, like if it's a magic wall, so the first guy hits it yep. and it leaves a mark on his turn. This is what you tell him: the Hey, Jake, you notice when you looked at that wall, you literally watch your uh, like score mark on yeah. it disappear. Yep, it has to be abundantly clear. You're not making progress, right? So, like you you can hit this thing, yeah, but every turn. And the, so, okay, cool. Well, we'll we're still in this, so we'll do it again. Yep. We'll hit it again. And next turn, the turn starts out. Hey, Jake, your damage has been removed as well. Yep. Like the wall, it's the surface of the wall is perfectly smooth. Yep. Yeah. As if nothing has happened. Cool. Yep. So unless we kill it in one turn, yep. Where we need to leave. Yeah. Yeah. I was I I was of the opinion of like just make it unhittable. Like just like they can't hit it, <coughs> or like. Roll attack. I rolled a 28. Cool, you hit. Roll damage. Uh, okay, you have the feeling that no damage was dealt. That's, again... That's I, a I, simple solution. That's what yeah. I, yeah, it's, yeah. But I, I told him, like, you you have to make it impossible. If it's possible, they'll kill it, I promise. And they fucking did. And it, or they'll, like I said, like, or, or they'll, they'll die, die trying. Yeah, or they'll die trying. And I'm not, I mean, I'm sure he salvaged the campaign. I don't think it, like, it fell apart there, but it put him in a really rough spot as a DM. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's, you've told me that. Matt Colville's told me that. Do not give your 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 team or your players an unwinnable fight because the way my mind works, games don't. You I mean you don't go into play the new uh, Resident Evil game and there's a legitimate unwinnable fight that you can't right like the the only the closest thing would be like what the Nemesis guy or Mister X or whatever his well, name is. You get both of them. <laughs> there's two of them. There's one named Mister X and one named Nemesis. But like they are unhurtable, aren't they? Uh, you so. <clears throat> You can fight them. So, like in Mister X, he her, there's a couple scripted fights where you can win the fight. It uh-huh. doesn't kill him. He keeps coming back. Yeah. And then in the remake, he actually follows you around. That's what. Yeah. And you can you can down him so you get him to drop to one knee. Uh huh. And if you it, in less than a minute, he's back up. Yeah. And you can do that indefinitely. But it's so, abundantly clear. Yes. You are not killing this enemy. This guy's made. He's here to harass you while you yeah. move through the police. And quite frankly. A makes it very tense. Yep. B, I fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, when I, like Resident Evil 2 remakes fantastic game. I hated that part of it. Yep. I didn't like it either. I watching the I watched, I didn't play it, but I didn't I didn't like the I did not like the mechanics of that. I wouldn't I don't enjoy 
when I'm playing like an uh, actually an action game, the idea of like, hey, here's the thing you can't kill. Live with it. Yeah. I don't like that. Well, and especially like you eventually do kill him. Yeah. So it's like rocket launcher or something. Uh, I don't remember. It's been a few years since I played uh, the second one, but eventually you kill. And it's the same thing with Nemesis. Like, eventually you kill Nemesis. Yeah, but for a chunk of the game, you aren't allowed to impactfully do damage. He just is a gun. If you try and fight him, he's just a bullet sink. Right. Yeah. So just run away. I don't like that. I I do not like that in games. It creates a lot of fucking tension. Yes, it does. Well, since we're touching base on it, that is that part where you board up windows. So there's a... There's a couple parts in the police station Resident Evil 2, the remake, where like you're constantly backtracking through here because like you go through this area and that unlocks this. So you go back to this area and okay, now you got this. Now you go here. Like, so it's basically you're working through this maze of puzzles, right? Yep. Well, there's a couple areas that you keep going through. Got you. And Mr. X will chase you through those. If you don't board up the windows, eventually the zombies just keep coming in. Oh. And that hallway will be full of fucking zombies. And You'll have like eight zombies ahead of you and Mr. X behind you in a hallway. So that's a... Uh, You're <laughs> fucked. It's an unstoppable object and, or unstoppable force and an immovable object. Yeah. Between a rock and a hard place. Oh, no shit. <laughs> so like you board up those windows so that they don't do that and that yeah. you can move through there quickly. But if you don't do that or if you waste them on another... I shouldn't say waste, but if you use them on other yep. windows, then eventually you might come into a scenario where like you've got a fucking two bad choices. So gotcha. it was cool though, because like Mr. X doesn't actually know where you are. Um I don't Does know. Does he hear you or something? He can hear you uh if you like start shooting and whatnot. Yeah. But like So he exists in the map. He exists in the map. And he, either you like they you guys stumble across each other, or you make enough noise that he'll come find you. But the, the game doesn't cheat and tell him where you are. It's at least designed well enough that I couldn't tell. It didn't seem obvious that he was. Gotcha. And like the the time that it occurred to me when that happened was like I don't remember exactly what floor I was on. Uh huh. But like I was on the third floor, and he was moving through the second in areas that I just wasn't even in. He was just on he a just, random patrol he's pattern, looking for me, so okay. to speak. He doesn't know where I'm at because I'd been quiet. Yep. And I'm just around doing my thing. And like, I really like that because I mean, that's what that's what he's there to do is to make you be careful and quiet and like to add some tension to a fight. So like, fuck, there's a zombie here. Yeah. If I shoot the the easy choice is to shoot him. But but if I shoot him, Mr. X will yep. find me. So gotcha. I can either shoot him and do what I'm doing here and uh-huh. bail or I can try to work around this zombie and that's good. Then that is good game design. Yeah. He, he really, he adds a lot more tension. He doesn't really increase the difficulty, at least on the standard difficulty all uh-huh. that much. Like I, he, I came across him the first time, like when he, uh, I forget, I think it's when the helicopter, I think he's the one who's like shoots down a helicopter. I believe the helicopter crashes when you meet him. Yeah. And so like, I think you had to like shoot him a couple times to down him to get past that event. And then I never shot him again. Yeah. Now there are a couple shitty situations where you're like he's chasing you and you run into a safe spot and you're like he's right outside. <laughs> yeah. Well, does can, can he follow you into the safe house too? There's a couple where he can. Not yeah. all of them, but there's there's one like the main central area where like the, the cop is dying. Yeah, that area. There's in the original nothing's in the first floor of that. After you like clear it out, uh-huh. if I remember correctly, and it has a save point and yeah. and. Up until that point, every if it has a fucking save, uh, a typewriter in it, you can't. There's not going to be enemies. Yep. Well, 
he fucking follows you in there and it yeah. got a lot of people including myself like he didn't kill me but i was like oh fuck i gotta run to the, the main hall oh fuck he followed me fuck where yeah we go? now where do you <laughs> now go yeah <laughs> so we need to wrap up we're getting a little long um it's kind of funny. So in that game where you like, like the, the, you meet the cop or whatever, and he's bitten. Mm-hmm. I think his name's like Martin or something. something like that. I remember because I was watching Markiplier play that, and he came in one time, and Martin would had turned, and he was like, "Oh, Martin, no!" <laughs> and then didn't kill him the rest of the game. Just let <laughs> just, him wander and around. Just would move around him. It was just a single slow moving zombie in the save area that he had avoided because yep. he didn't want to kill Martin or whatever his name was. Well, and that's how you're supposed to play a, a lot of the game. You're supposed to play that. So in the in yeah. like the remake of the first one, which still uses like the tank controls and whatnot, uh-huh. it's a very faithful remake. Yeah. Um, one of the things they added was there's a next tier of zombie. So any zombie that you kill, its corpse stays there. Yeah. And then you can either burn the corpse or it will come back as a super zombie. Like a crimson whatever, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. And they're fucking vicious. So like either A, be thorough and burn every zombie you kill or B, just don't kill them. Yeah. And move around them and save your ammo. I saw that. I think I was watching someone play or some they were talking about like that was the strat was you just don't kill anybody because they they come back stronger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um. So I realized as we were recording this and we're in like an hour and 40 minutes in, uh, we have a very normal, regular system that we follow when it comes to announcing our patrons that because we aren't skipping over to magic, uh, we didn't do this week. So Gosh, next week, I will give our patrons the shout out they deserve at the beginning of the episode. Unfortunately, this week they get at the end. So Oh, so this is the end then. Yeah, it's yes. <laughs> uh, a huge shout out to um, Asphalt and Emperor, Ramblin' Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Ted, Mumbledown, Rob, M, Limit of Questions, Derek T, His Forest, and Jasper. I honestly, I don't think we lost any patrons. I could double check, but I think everyone who was a patron has basically stuck with us through this transition so far. Yeah, thank so, you for that. That's very now, kind of you. To be fair. Uh, let's give it a chance. Yeah, <laughs> this is our first. This is our first episode after the announcement of so like me. complete magic freeness. Yep, pretty um, much. But uh, either way, thank you all for, pat- for being patrons for supporting us. If you enjoy the content, if you like listening to Matt and I chit chat, uh, consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash Cantrip Cartel. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to shoot us a message. Uh, CantripCartel at gmail.com. We still have all of the other ones, also like the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. We still get all the messages. We still see you guys. So by all means, send us a message. Ask us a question. Give us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Matt is, oh, uh, the perks of the Patreon. If you're, we're going to we're gonna head off here. We're going to record probably another 30 or 40 minutes just for our patrons. And that's going to be, uh, that's always a little more kind of candid. That's like hard to, it's hard to say exactly. Because it's not like we're putting on a face for the episode, but shit gets a little more real in the Patreon episodes. So if you ever want more content from us, if you want to kind of get to know us on a little bit more of a personal level, head on over to that Patreon. And imagine my, why you would, but <laughs> some people do, uh, head on to the Patreon. I think the $5 tier does that. Any tier gets you into the discord and there's all, there's still tons of merch. Like I'll still make any of the t-shirts, the play mats, any of the merch available on there. Um, cause like I said, I'm, lots of our fans still play magic. I, to an extent, we still play magic. So it's all still we available. Need to, we need to get the, uh, did uh, Sarah ever finish up the cartridge cartel? Because we could always use that logo. Just use that oh, logo. Oh yeah, and offer, the... offer either or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I she I think she has some rough drafts, but I'll have to I'll have to get her back onto it. Yeah, hundred percent. 
Um, but other than that, Matt, was there anything else you wanted to talk about this weekend? Nothing in particular. This, weekend, this week. It's Monday now. It is, unfortunately. <laughs> it's my weekend. Well, if that's the case, I think we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Have a nice night, guys. Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken Matt chatting meta games or slinging some spells. Casting ale, sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time. They're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies. Where the brainstorms of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and rangers cross the sylvan libraries. When the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorries. Mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaurs, stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, doused in serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Wrong cards with the cantrip cartel.